Never before in history did we have to fight with our own country for the security of our own country. The Kate Daly Show starts now. They have deliberately opened the border to fundamentally change the fabric of our country. Now Americans across the country are bracing for the end of Title 42 as thousands of migrants wait along the Mexican side of the border. Officials telling NBC News most migrants are now being released into the U.S. It is becoming harder and harder not to conclude that the border crisis is intentional. We have over 200,000 illegal aliens that have been flown in from their home country directly into the U.S. Nearly 2,000 migrants removed from Floyd Bennett Field to James Madison High School, forcing those students there to learn remotely yesterday. I see towers here with cameras oh, yeah. mounted. And how many of these do they have down the pipe? Oh, a bunch of them. Frequency. All over the place. And You'll do see any them. of them work? No. no. When I'm president, instead of trying to send Texas a restraining order, I will send them reinforcements. Hi there, welcome, Kate Daly Show. I got Uncle Milty here. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you on a Tuesday out there? We have uh, several guests in our show today. A great show ahead. Uh, lots of points to make. Lots of things to talk about. Something that we need to talk about that was written back in 1968. Um, talked about the border. We have a lot, okay? And uh, so appreciate you listening in. KateDallyRadio.com if you want to listen live. And, uh, of course, we have our first guest, who is uh, Chad Caton. How are you, Chad? I am living the dream in sunny Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Thank oh, you for having wow. me, Miss Kate. There and you Uncle, go. Uncle uh, Milty, I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. All right, so so tell me this. Um, you are a veteran, and this is Veterans for Trump. Um, in fact, it's veteransfortrump.us. Uh, tell me your take on what's going on right now, what you guys are doing, and a movie that's about to come out. Yes, ma'am. Um, okay. I am the National Director of Veterans for Trump and Veterans for America First. Our organization has one goal, and that is to protect veterans. But on top of that, in order to be able to do that, mm -hmm. we need to engage and we need to motivate our, our veterans that are out there that are becoming more and more angry with what's happening with the Biden regime mm -hmm. and ultimately what's happening to the very country that many of us have fought to defend. Well, yeah, amen to that. Tell us about this movie coming out. Well, Veterans for Trump, we're, we're, we want to put out uh, great movies of engagement and raw. Mm -hmm. That's our thing. Um, I'm the assistant director on this particular film that's called Border Invasion, an American Crisis. It's going to drop in February. Mm -hmm. uh, we're pretty sure, sure uh, we're finishing up some last edits. We were able to just get General Flynn in the film. Uh, yesterday I was in Florida filming him. And it's, a, it's an exciting film because what we're able to do is we're able to show you the raw truth. Mm -hmm. We did everything from send our, our multiple presidents from different states, including border states, and some that, that aren't from border states. Um, my part of the film, I took two uh, congressional candidates and went down there with the guy that was the star of Cartel Land, and we hunted the uh, cartel in the Badlands and actually caught wow. two uh, drug mules with fentanyl. Um, it's raw. And it's, and it's going to really put the border and our current 
invasion uh, under a microscope for everyone to utilize to engage with other people Mm -hmm. so that we can bring about real pressure to get Congress and the Senate to do their job. You were also invited to Mar-a-Lago, yes? I I have been to Mar-a-Lago, the Mm -hmm. best steak I ever ate, and that's something coming from uh, a a, A a southern boy. but. Uh I am a steak guy. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. There's no vegan in this household, I promise you. <laughs> um, I love it. No, ma'am. But Mar-a-Lago is quite possibly one of the most beautiful places in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what did the judge say it was worth? $180 million or something like that? Or $18 million. Mm-hmm. That's right. He right. lost his mind. I'm no, I'm no appraiser, but right. that place is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, President Trump actually bought my breakfast. Um, really? It was very, uh, he, he's very at home there. It's, it's interesting to see him where he lives and uh, where he calls home. Interesting. So tell me about the movie. Any ideas uh, coming from you guys, uh, veterans uh, for Trump? uh, What what are some of the ideas, how to combat what's going on? Sure. We're looking at it from a a bunch of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Who better than to uh, talk about how to protect a border or a wall or or a FOB, a Florida operating base, than the ones that have done it? Mm-hmm. And and as veterans, understanding the sovereignty of this country and how important that is, mm-hmm. and to the point of just like you heard in Iraq, Fallujah, Afghanistan, those walls are important to keep bad people out. Mm-hmm. We've proven that there's bad people coming across that border, but for some reason, the Biden regime is doing it. And we have multiple reasons that we believe is true, mm-hmm. but he's allowing this to happen. He is allowing for this invasion to happen. And we go down there and break it down as raw as we can with law enforcement. We have um, uh, uh, Victor Avela, mm-hmm. Avela mm-hmm. Um, who's running against Mr. Gonzalez, and he is actually uh, the, his district is is right there on the border. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's his story alone. And I don't know if you've heard, but him being shot and left for dead, he was on the Mexico side. His his partner was killed when they got ran off the road by the Zetas, mm-hmm. and and. Come to find out, the boxes that he went to retrieve in Mexico wasn't uh, witnesses or for a case. Mm -hmm. It was his old chief's stuff from his uh, old apartment. Hmm. They sent our people into that, and one died to go get somebody's tchotchkes from their house when they were stationed in Mexico. Wow. But when Mr. Victor tries to go get the, the... the information on that, mm-hmm. you can't find any of it. The government's hiding it. We've got to stop with our government hiding everything and trying to keep it from us when we have the right to have it, especially in something egregious to what happened to Victor. And and Victor's in the film, and we talk on all aspects of mm-hmm. something even like that, where uh, right. our, our Border Patrol, they're angry because they can't do their job. We talk to everybody, and we show real people, and we allow them to be as raw as necessary. It's called Border Invasion, an American Crisis, right? In partnership with Salem Media. Okay. And so what do you, so as far as the states go, this seems to me to be a state issue now because the feds haven't done anything in the last 30 years. So are the states, what what do you see happening on boots on the ground with the states? What are the states doing proactively? We've seen Texas in the news, but I've been wondering why they haven't really done more. Up till now, why 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 do you feel like it's now? That's that's the question of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's an it's an election year, maybe. Right, I don't right? know. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, Abbott's rolling himself into a situation where mm-hmm. he's looking like a hero all of a sudden. When right. it's a little late, 
But yeah. we, I think the last count, that uh, they're estimating up to 10 million uh, illegals have come across our border since the Biden regime began. Mm. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of and, people. And, and, I mean, we've seen the viral video mm-hmm. of the guy that uh, has been outed as, as somebody that is an ext- Muslim extremist mm-hmm. and said, you're going to know who I am someday. And, right. And, I mean, it's just egregious. And that's what veterans are sick of because, like I said, we've stood that wall. Mm-hmm. You may not want us to, but we've stood that wall. We've held a post. We know what it does, what the importance of keeping our border or our mm-hmm. walls uh, and keeping the bad guys out. We're see- they're seeing it happen. And, you know, I don't know that it's a state problem anymore. And I know what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. But look at the truckers. Look at the farmers that are going down there to those mm-hmm. borders. Look at the, the convoys that are going down there. The people are standing up because they want their country to be safe. They don't want their child to pick up a piece of paper in, in a playground mm-hmm. and die of fentanyl poisoning. Right. You know, it's, right. It, this is, this is a, an absolute attack and invasion on our country. And we can prove that. Up to 100,000 people dead from fentanyl this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we were calculating who died from COVID that was on MSNBC every day until Biden took office, mm-hmm. they showed it every day. Mm-hmm. 100,000 people have died just from fentanyl. That comes from China. They don't grow that in Mexico. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. Right. And, they, and they, we have the Democrats and the liberal left that chooses to not pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Well, sooner or later, it's going to get so egregious that the citizens are going to do what they need to do to keep their country safe. And that's what we see in Texas. And I think that's what you're seeing from the American citizens and i applaud them every one of them mm-hmm. yeah now when i say this next thing it's it's because well when i say it i want to preface it with we do it anyway but do you feel like there might be some traps laid for a lot of people going down there a lot of people want to go down there and i'm not saying we shouldn't i'm just saying are you are you suspect of some traps like uh, j6 i'm i, I was at j6 mm-hmm. um myself um mm-hmm. still being investigated by the fbi I've never made it to the Capitol building. I was in BLM Square. But mm-hmm. I, I, I know that feeling that was there and in January 6th. And my friend Laura Logan's doing a hell of a job. I interviewed everything her. She came yeah, to, she's great. To show early her. what it was. Sure. But what I mm-hmm. found and what I see is, yes, you have to go into everything with your head on a swivel. We are in a sketchy, sketchy world right now. And for those and anybody that's down there saying, you know, wanting to go down there and peacefully protest and the way they're doing it, mm-hmm. make sure you keep it that way. Let's learn from January 6th. And if there are bad actors, mm-hmm. shut them down immediately. Yeah. Shut that down. Police yourself. Be cognizant of what's around you. Always have situational awareness and you'll be fine. The people that are saying don't do it because mm-hmm. of red flags and the mm-hmm. CIA and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, EPS and all of those type of people, mm-hmm. that just makes us placate to where we sit on our hands and we find ourselves in a position where mm-hmm. we're too scared to accomplish anything. Right. And fear has kept a lot of people from greatness. Right. And I would say to everybody a hint of advice if you're going to go somewhere, um, especially on this kind of turf, um, make sure, like you said, be aware, but make sure you don't bring your phone. Don't bring any identifying um, where yeah. they can they can net an area and pick up uh, information because they did that quite a bit. So and don't uh, give them a reason, even though it's yeah. Texas. Yeah, think it through. Mm-hmm. Don't don't yeah. walk around with you know a, mm-hmm. a fifty cal on your chest yeah. and, yeah. and kit it up. Yeah, you know, just stay with your people. Look mm-hmm. after each other. Put your head on a swivel mm-hmm. and and go down there and let freedom ring. 
Yeah, it wouldn't hurt if you wore a I love the UN and uh, China rocks hat. Like an I, lo- <laughs> I love the UN That will t-shirt. never be on my body, Kate, never. <laughs> oh, come on. The and pictures, I wore the, the blue pictures. helmet, for the record, okay, um, but as, a, as a former veteran. Uh-huh. Um, I had a stint where I, yeah. I had to listen to the Frenchies tell me what to do. And oh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, right. you will never see a UN okay, shirt but on But wouldn't the ever. pictures be hilarious for CNN? Everybody's loving the UN that's would. down there. Okay, I'm just saying, like, it's a plan. So... Um, um, I think we have to we have to be smarter, you know. Use use that a little bit more. Okay, we're running out of time, but the um, uh, the website again. Veteransfortrump.us. Okay. We're building one of the largest coalitions in the country. We have ch- president chapters in every state. Please mm-hmm. go to veteransfortrump.us okay. and learn about us and sign up. We're trying to build Trump's three hundred in every state, just like the movie. All righty. Thank you so much, Chad. Chad Caton, thank you. And, of course, we shall be right back. We will take your calls. I'm sure you're brimming with calls, and uh, we'll do that right when we get back. Kate Daly Radio, Kate Daly Show. Yeah, do I have to eat this? Oh, honey, it's great protein. Don't be picky. Eat your crickets. Many are following the lead of the United Nations to replace your meat diet with an insect diet. It's an all-out war on meat, farmers and ranchers. Don't let new green policies place controls on your life and overall freedoms. It's time to get us out of the UN. Go to JBS.org or call 800-JBS-USA-1. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. How are you? I got uh, Uncle Milty here. Hey. Uh, that website was uh, veteransfortrump.us. You know what I actually think everyone should do? <laughs> Go down to the border with a uh, UN worker t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> really really be confusing you know we're not we're not really good at kind of big you know when you see a good movie and in the movie there is this moment where then you realize that everybody kind of had a plan and people actually um got the best of their opponent and you're you're thinking oh good you finally see it um, this plan emerge you didn't know it was there all along and it's that great moment in a movie I keep hoping for that. <laughs> I really do. There's got to be plans that aren't known to them that are happening. And I'm, I'm just, you know, we've got to get a little smarter. We've got to get a little more creative about, about showing up because of the fact that they love to demonize. And we know that. So what are we going to learn from that? I want to learn something. Don't you? Always. Yeah. I can't believe our guest was at J6, too. I know. My gosh, what are the odds? Yeah. Um, I mean, he could be hauled off any day. <laughs> I know it. My gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, people are still uh, feeling the repercussions of that. And so I just, I worry that we we keep doing the same things, but we're not doing anything different. And there, if there's one thing about the they group when it comes to this, this, this group of people that, that make these plans and own the media and own just about everything. Um, they're very crafty. 
We're not crafty. We need to be crafty. Um, Illinois voted to keep Trump on the ballot. Have you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> why? Uh, what? Why would? Wh- <laughs> why would? Why would they have to do that? There was never really a case for Trump to be off the ballot. (laughs) So it's a major headline today. Um, There was no reason for him to not be on the ballot. This is ridiculous. But but by saying... I know, I know. By saying that, they've given credibility that you could have taken him (laughs) off. No. (laughs) I mean... It's ridiculous, but people believe these headlines, and you you just can't hardly believe it. I know I'm. It's just hard for me to understand how this. Well, anyway, no, I do get it. I do get it. You know, we were talking about Taylor Swift yesterday. Yeah, not like I not like I want to talk about her, but we were talking about her, and um, in 2019, she talked about the fact that um, when her uh, music was bought without her consent, that the people that funded that was Soros and the 23andMe company and um, another outfit. I can't remember the other outfit. And that basically 2019 on, she was, for somebody that was angry that her music got bought by these entities, she sure came out on the political front where she had never been political before. And then all of a sudden she's political against Trump. It was really, um, it's really amazing to see how somebody is so bought and controlled yet will complain, will complain that they're bought and controlled to make it seem as though they're not, but they really truly are. And um, she is again in the headlines today. She's, she's on everywhere. (laughs) Taylor Swift. Can you even believe that? Anyway, Um, I also wanted to uh, let you know that Bolton, our favorite uh, neocon New World Order guy, John Bolton, came out and predicted Trump would be in next. Did you know that? Well, yeah, he wrote a wrote up a thing, and he said, "Of course, it's all going to pot, but Trump will be in for his second term again." So do with that what you want. I just wanted you guys to know that John Bolton had come out and talked about that and um, gave kind of his his spiel, right? And said um, in his paperback edition of the memoir, The Room Where It Happened, and basically they're saying The Room Where It Happened Again. And he is predicting Trump back in. So just to kind of give you a little heads up on that. So we're going to come back. I want to tell you about a um, author. Brandon Smith did a piece about Operation Garden Plot. Do you know what Garden Plot is? We're going to talk about that right when we come back. But this is kind of an interesting piece. And of course, we'll take your calls. You can for sure weigh in on this. I just, uh, if you're listening to the show live, 888-673-1450. And um, of course, we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. But there's just so much. There's so much to say today. Be right back. Have you ever heard someone say, the system's broken? Sure you have. Well, it's not true. America's founders created a brilliant governing system that prevents us from having kings, queens, dictators, and even czars. We the people can replace every elected official in a span of six years 
if we so choose. Here at the John Birch Society, we believe the only way to liberty, prosperity, and national sovereignty is not only understand what's in our founding documents, but demand that every elected official adheres to them. The reason we have a ballooning, reckless, and corrupt government is because elected officials aren't following the Constitution. The John Birch Society is principled, coordinated, effective activism. We believe the Constitution is the solution. Join JBS and change America. Visit JBS.org or call 1-800-JBS-USA1 to get involved. That's JBS.org. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome Kate Daly Show. We have a great guest coming up in the next hour. Um, he's a minimalist. We're going to find out uh, why and what it's done for him. It's kind of an interesting topic because I'm not a minimalist. And, and so I can't wait to hear from him. Actually, Joshua Becker is going to be joining us. And... Um, I'm always up for a good conversation and uh, want to learn from people. I also uh, want to make sure that I've been saying this a lot only because I'm nervous about a lot of things this year. And I feel like this is something you could do that doesn't cost you anything that can actually really help you. Please text Birch Gold 989898. That's the phone number. You've got your phone in your hand right now. And just text my name, Kate. Um, what'll happen is, uh, well, let's talk about it for just a second. Elections are in Taiwan. North Korea's on the brink. We've got Iran increasing what's going on over there. You've got uh, basic, well, you've got headlines on Iran today. And there's a lot of global instability, okay? And so if you haven't sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks in the economy, it isn't too late to diversify an old IRA or a 401k and back it up with gold, okay? And Birch Gold Group can help you do that. So please text, and this won't cost you anything. So just at least get the information. I think that's the first thing to do is the the free information that you're going to get when you text them. They get five-star reviews, thousands and thousands and thousands of happy customers. Find out why Ron Paul loves them. Steve Bannon loves them. I love them. I mean, they're just, they're really great to work with, and they're honest. There's just... Good people. Um, so go to uh, or text 989898 and text my name, Kate. Okay. Um, get At least get the information. Maybe you can help somebody else with that information too. Um, all right. So I, I want to talk a little bit about, and of course you can, you can call up because I, I definitely want to hear what you have to, what you have to say about this. But Brandon Smith wrote that we've all heard of Cloward uh, Piven strategy by now, and it's not all that difficult to understand. Create social destabilization by using migrants as a weapon. But there's a lot more going on here that meets the eye. Uh, Cloward Piven is almost too simplistic uh, an explanation. It doesn't really define the bigger picture. And there are a few ways that this strategy could open the door right in the U.S. uh, for complete control. Let's examine these scenarios. So Operation Garden Plot, a lot of people don't know about this. The 1968, the U.S. Department of Defense, at the request of, of the government, drafted a civil disturbance plan called Operation Garden Plot. This is 1968 outlined what was essentially a martial law response to a large-scale social breakdown. And one of the many factors listed in the plan as a trigger for martial law was the uncontrolled mass migration of minorities into the U.S. southern border. 
as well as riots by minorities in light of economic uncertainty. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. 1968, Garden Plot had provisions designed to install a long-lasting domestic military presence in the U.S., and it deemed necessary and was even tied to programs like Rex 84, which planned out the installation of FEMA camps and detention facilities meant to hold large numbers of refugees during mass migration crisis. And these programs were accidentally exposed during the Iran-Contra hearings of 1987 and were kept secret from a major uh, a majority of representatives in Congress. So they revealed this during the Iran-Contra hearings. In other words, political elites designed a set of operations to swiftly impose martial law if a migrant disaster occurred. But, but, but were these measures meant to solve the crisis or were they meant to use the crisis as an excuse to put boots on the ground in the U.S. and permanently end whatever constitutional protections we have left? It's an interesting question for sure. Boy, yeah. they'd love that. Oh, my gosh. Let's take a phone call. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I want to fix the border. I think I got a plan. Uh-huh. Okay. We take down all the razor wire mm-hmm. and all the fences, mm-hmm. and we put pass in there, mm-hmm. and we put welcome to America. Where do you want to go? <sighs> and here's your tickets, and here's your phone, and here's your credit card mm. your and payment mm-hmm. just send them all over the united states wherever they want to go <laughs> well certainly what they're doing now pretty much well well why, why 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 waste all the hassle on the time yeah yeah just send them what they're doing it's what they're doing thank you for the call i know i'm I, it, I get the sarcasm. I understand. I don't think it can get any worse than it is. I, yeah. I mean, it's yep. bad. It's... So the plan of the establishment would be to keep the borders open until illegals over, overwhelm the system and the public is willing to accept martial law. It sounds like a plan. Oh, my gosh. Um, so here's the deal, though. I mean... We talk about these things. I've talked about whether they're traps or not. We've talked about this. Um, the issue, though, is we still have to take a stand. We still do. We, I think we should just be smarter about it, but we still have to take a stand. I, you can't just do nothing because you think that they're going to do what they're going to do. Somehow we have to get people to think mm-hmm. logically. We live in a country where we're constantly told Mm -hmm. that 500,000 homeless people is Mm -hmm. an insurmountable problem. Right. But 10 million illegal immigrants to take care of is no problem (laughs) at all. What are we going to do? How do people not see Mm -hmm. the absurdity of this? Right. Yeah. We've got to protect this border. I don't. I, I just. I know that there would be a, there's got to be a smart plan to do it. There's got to be a way to do it. The states haven't done anything really until this year. Now they're finally kicking off the election year with now we think there's a trouble going on. And so I, I'm seeing that, trust me. But at the same time, the states aren't doing. So what do you do when the state sits there and does nothing? It, Which they've done. It, In an election year, 
The mm-hmm. fact that they're really doing nothing right. except paying a little lip service right. by some of them mm-hmm. tells us we're in big trouble. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Well, hey, Kate. Hey, Hi I'm there. Hi. Hi there. What's your plan? Well, it's really easy. Um, all I'm asking is mm-hmm. that the Border Patrol mm-hmm. and the National Guard and every who's over there who's actually, you know, a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. just goes and picks up all of the passports that the illegal immigrants leave mm-hmm. on the side of the border mm-hmm. that isn't obviously American, and all of their information is right there. Right. So all we have to do is put that in the database, and mm-hmm. then when they show up in our backyard, right. then we know exactly where to deport them. Right. Are they fake they need visas? To be deported. Are they <laughs> fake visas, though? Fake info? It's not fake. So they have a visa. They have an mm-hmm. ID, and they dump it before they cross the border. Yep. Right. And then they say, "Oh, I'm I'm asylum. I'm asylum. I don't I mm-hmm. don't have any identification." And then they make it up, and then they go into the country. Right. Right. And then right. they're given the money, and then mm-hmm. they're given the ticket, and and that's why when they get on the airplane, they don't have any identification because right. they dropped it off. Interesting. All we need to do is just go clean up and pick up all the passports. Put them in a database, and then we can round them up easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the call. That's interesting. It, it's interesting, but but mm-hmm. the the point is is all we have to do is enforce our immigration laws, right? Yeah, I mean it's really that simple. Yeah, but how do you do that in a administration that's telling well, them no, not to? Well, no, I mean that's the problem. So the the first thing we have to do is get rid of this administration. Mm-hmm with an administration that will do something to mm-hmm. stop the flow of illegals across the border. Mm-hmm. They're not even trying. To, they talk about, well, we captured this many or we caught this many. No. They're not even trying. They're not. They're just taking names as they come across. <laughs> What's your name? Okay, yeah. go and ahead. What's your name? Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, when I come back, I'll, we'll, we'll take some more calls, but... I know you're frustrated out there. And I think that that caller was trying to think outside the box. And I really like that. We've got to think outside the box more, though, because obviously I don't know how I don't know. (laughs) What are we going to do? I mean, it's either what full on revolution or nothing. I mean, we've got to be able to do something else. Be right back. If Americans want to remain a free and sovereign nation, more people need to understand the principles and values that built America. At the John Birch Society, we have the organization, the plan, and the resources to do just that. Our founder, Robert Welch, said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to jbs.org to learn more, including how you can get involved to work locally and impact nationally. Join us at jbs.org. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. So happy to be with you today. And uh, of course, the border is on most people's minds that 
are American, <laughs> that act like they're American, make sure you get over to MyPillow.com. They've got terrific products, and I love these guys. I just love them all. I love all their products. Um, and uh, you'll get up to 90% off, and they also make great gifts, too. But uh, if you're cold out there, uh, the down comforters are amazing. So there's your tip. Um, and the robes, the slippers, everything, just amazing. Um, put, put in the code Kate, and it helps us stay on the air, and I sure would appreciate that. Um, we have got to uh, figure out some solutions here, and I want to I want to hear what solution you've got. What should we What should we be doing? I mean, honestly, it's almost like we're kind of waiting for uh, like the full on re- you know revolution in a way. And I know that convoys are going to be they're headed down there, right? And so there, it's going to be a lot of people going down because they care about this country. And I get that. I think we need to be a little smarter about, about how we're doing that. Um, like leave your phone somewhere, like leave it at home. Actually, I'm not kidding. Um, I think that's one of the biggest problems we have is they cast, they cast nets out for, to capture all kinds of uh, phone information from people. And I think it's how they knew um, how many people, you know, who was there during mm-hmm. J6. So I would say you don't want to have anything on you where uh, info can be captured. But what do you do? That's, that's the thing. And I know a lot of people out there are just like this. They don't know what to do. Yeah. The first thing you do when you go to a protest mm-hmm. of any kind mm-hmm. is remove the chip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one in your right hand yeah oh my gosh i and i, I know i just know yeah. it's frustrating speaking mm-hmm. of chips mm-hmm. the first person mm-hmm. had their Neuralink chip installed today in their brain you're kidding no a paraplegic right who's That's not hoping, military because they were already doing it to military yeah. no this is the first public okay. person to have the Neuralink chip implanted mm-hmm. in their brain mm-hmm. hopefully to help solve their their problem mm-hmm. medical problem oh yeah they're gonna put it in they're gonna put it in a way to say oh look who we're helping look what it's doing mm-hmm. all these medical reasons mm-hmm. and then it becomes something for everybody right yeah no uh, yeah. Uh, that's exactly it, they how they're get promoting people to like it, it. To like it, it, I mean. Especially people with cognitive disorders. Mm, Okay. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Okay, Mike. Hey, hi. What's on your mind? Um, You're not going to like my answer. Um, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Do it. Shoot. What? (laughs) Uh, Okay. All we need need is a candidate that would come along and Mm -hmm. tell us if they're going to build a wall, Mm -hmm. and then the problem will be fixed. Mm. Of course, I'm being facetious, right? right. Yeah. Because, right. and I get it. We all wish it would have happened. I know. There's no question. I know. But I think you, you hit it on the head. And I would add this, is, is that we're all kind of waiting around mm-hmm. for the revolution, basically. Right. right. Until this starts impacting mm-hmm. people in their cities, mm-hmm. we know it's happening in Chicago, New York, all that. Right. But until it starts happening in, in their their little mm-hmm, cities, mm-hmm. there's going to be a then there will be a groundswell, and I, I personally, DC and even most of the governors are not going to do anything. Nope, it's going to come down to the people. Yeah, yeah, and right. I shudder to think what that's going to look like mm-hmm. because we have the full weight and power of the federal government. And all the controllers of that mm-hmm. that will be against us on this issue. 
I'm sorry to say that. I know. And maybe, and please tell me I'm wrong. And I'm not trying to be negative. Well, I wish I could, although we still have to stand up. We can't just roll over. So we're not, that's not an option. Um, Absolutely. And um, we got to just be smart about it. We've got to figure out some plans that are smarter than what we're doing, right? Because they do something, we react. Right. Okay, so we got to be smarter. And I don't know what that right. means yet, but I'm working on it. I well, don't know. I, yeah. ha- I, have a, I have an idea because, mm-hmm. you know, we go back to uh, your good friend Don Fotheringham, mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. It says what we can do, what we have the power to do is expose them. Yeah, right. right. That's what you do. Yeah. That's that's the core sure. of what your sure. show is about is exposing. Yeah. Go to rescue.org. Mm-hmm. Go and go up there and it will show you the cities they work in. This is the group that is funneling all the people from the border to the mm-hmm. to Phoenix and to other major megaports. And then they're fanning them out, flying them out to 28 cities around the country. OK. OK. Tallahassee, Missoula, Montana, Boise, Idaho, mm-hmm. things cities you don't really think about. Okay. We need to have on the ground teams like, you know, guerrilla journalism mm-hmm. that are going around and filming this mm-hmm. and posting it mm-hmm. of what they're doing. Yeah. That's that's an idea. For sure. You know? I agree. I agree. I love it. That's awesome. It that's gives my a rant. little thank you. Appreciate the call. I love it. It gives a little bit of transparency and I like that. Mm-hmm. Hi caller, welcome to the show. You've got about a minute. So take, let's take a lesson from history. I watched the movie Gandhi the other night, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he did, along with the population, the citizens of India, mm-hmm. to get rid of the British, is they had a national shutdown day. They basically, nobody went to work, mm-hmm. because the British could only survive if everybody went to work. That's so true. And the minute everybody stopped working, the British didn't know what to do. That's a great point. I love it. You're right. You're right. Stop feeding the beast. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you for that. Really appreciate the call. But, I love it. But what if I lose my job? <laughs> I know, right? We have to We have to stop being afraid of that. Yes. Um, and by the way, yes, uh, Biden's trying to stoke a war with Iran. And yes, Europe is telling um, their citizens to stockpile pharma. Stockpile prescriptions, I should say. Yeah. So what do we have going on on that front? Does that pull our troops over there? I don't know. I'm just... Thinking. You know, I, I have a friend that just mm-hmm. got back from a two-week trip to Europe. Right, right. He said you wouldn't know anything is wrong in the world. Huh. Okay. Uh, hi, caller. Welcome to the show. you got 45 seconds. Oh, well, I think people are getting a little too uptight. I think things are the way they are for a reason. Mm-hmm. From a, excuse me, a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. And I would get something caught in my throat just as I get right. on the air. But... <laughs> We, you know, from a pragmatic perspective, uh-huh. we need to get control of our money supply. Okay. I mean, tell unless that happens. But absent that happening, which won't happen, including mm-hmm. under Trump, because he just as controlled as um, Joe Biden. Absent that, all we need to do is get prepared materially. We need to provide heat for ourselves in the winter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is going to be cut off. Our gas Do is going to be prepping. cut off. We know that eventually, because mm-hmm. uh, you know these these rogue elements that are being brought in from right. the southern border. Right. Uh, they, they, even they could do that. It doesn't take a lot of sophistication to figure right. that out. We've got to get our food storage. Okay. We've got to get our firearms. Ten seconds. And once, once we're set, mm-hmm. um, there must need to be an opposition in all things. And yep. Heavenly Father knows that, and we're getting that, and it's for our own benefit. All right. So I'll leave well, you at thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Interesting call. Thank you.
We'll be right back with our guest. And, of course, you can ask questions and call up while he's on. Uh, Joshua Becker is going to join us. And uh, we'll be right back on the Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. believe after all the recent violent protests, looting, and destruction, some communities are considering either defunding or abolishing the police? If you agree that now is the time when police protection is needed most, then it's time we stand up and support your local police and the communities they serve. Call 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet. That's 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet today. Or sarcasm. It's just one of the many services we offer here at the Kate Daly Show. The show starts now. Everybody's got to have a little place for their stuff. That's all life is about. That's the meaning of life. Trying to find a place to keep your stuff. That's all your house is. Think of it. That's all your house is. It's a place to keep your stuff. If you didn't have so much stuff, you wouldn't need a house. You could just walk around all the time. That's all your house is, it's a pile of stuff with a cover on it. That's all your house is, it's a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. Sometimes you gotta move, sometimes you gotta move, you gotta get a bigger house. Why? Too much stuff. Kate Daly Show, so happy to be with you in this last hour on a Tuesday, and uh, talking about the border the first hour, and had a guest there, and then also in this hour, we're going to depart a little bit. Remember, uh, beginning of last week, and I said, we're going to depart a little bit more, or I'm going to lose my mind (laughs) talking about what mainstream media wants me to talk about. So I actually love this topic, and I'm actually really, really excited to have this guest. Uh, Joshua Becker joins me, and let me tell you, this is for everybody. Everyone needs to listen to this. I don't care what you think about politics. You've got to listen to this. Joshua Becker, how are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. So glad you're on with us. And uh, Hey, it's fun to have a conversation that all political parties can get something from. Huh? <laughs> I think it's great. You know what? We need departure a little bit. And we, because we all have lives to lead. And that's what's going to affect you the most, right? So that's what's going to be the thing that we're thinking about all the time is our life. So this has everything to do with your life. And this is why I love this so much. Becomingminimalist.com is the website, right? That's home base for me. Absolutely. Okay. 15 okay. years. 15 years. Okay. So I'm very intrigued by this because the vision in my mind is somebody walking around with basically like a kerchief with a few items in it. And that's about, that's <laughs> about it. Right. And I know that's not true. So this is going to be so good for people. So tell people how you kind of came into this. What happened to you? I found minimalism 15 years ago. Okay. I live outside Phoenix now, but I used to live up in Vermont. Mm-hmm. And so 15 years ago, uh, it was me and my wife yeah. and my two kids. They were five and two. 
Uh, it was a Saturday morning. We were going to do our spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought that my five-year-old son would love cleaning out the garage with his father. Of course, but he lasted about he lasted about thirty seconds. And, <laughs> we uh, know how this goes. <laughs> yeah, typical five-year-old. <laughs> right, right. Um, anyway, I'm cleaning out my garage. Um, uh, ends up taking me hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son is begging me to come play with him in the backyard, and I just keep pushing him off. Let me try and finish this cleaning project. Anyway, I happen to strike up a conversation with my neighbor uh, mm-hmm. who was outside doing all of her yard work. I think she had seen me spending hours on my cluttered garage while my son was alone in the backyard. And I started complaining a little bit about how long this project had taken. Mm -hmm. And she introduced me to the word minimalism, changed my life with one sentence. As I was complaining about all the stuff in my garage, Uh she says, you know, that's why my daughter's a minimalist. She keeps telling me I don't need to own all this stuff. Hmm. Okay. That changed your life. Okay. Uncle Milty. Well, something similar happened to me. Somebody came to me and said, how come you don't have more junk in your garage? (laughs) (laughs) I became a hoarder. And that's why you're a hoarder (laughs) today. You became a hoarder. All right. I love it. I should have been on years ago. Oh my gosh. I I love it. All right. So then what happened? So I, uh, yeah, so she introduces me to this word minimalism. I, mm-hmm. I look and here's my driveway. It's right. full of all these dirty, dusty things I, I pulled out to organize. Out of the corner of my eye, there's my five-year-old son swinging alone on the swing set in uh-huh. the backyard. Okay. And suddenly I had this realization that all the things I owned weren't making me happy, mm-hmm. which I think we would all say we're not looking right, for right, happiness right. in the things that we buy. Right. But even worse than that, all the time and effort, all the things I owned mm-hmm. were actually taking me away from the very thing that did bring me happiness and meaning and purpose and okay. significance and joy in life. And I, I think that's a very different realization. It's one thing to think all the things I own aren't making me happy. It's something very different the moment we realize, hey, wait a minute, maybe all the things I own mm-hmm. and collect are actually keeping me from happiness and meaning. Yeah, because so I the, haven't the really birth of a minimalist. I haven't thought about that. I mean, as far as what it's keeping you from. I mean, my husband would love to get rid of everything. Uh, me, I'd love to keep everything. So there's always that war going on, right? And uh, and so you clean the garage and you kind of think that <laughs> you've done you've done something grand, but you're talking about your stuff is really keep, how does your stuff keep you from, from enjoying and the the benefit of your life? How? Sure. Well, think about all the time Mm -hmm. that goes into cleaning and managing and organizing and maintaining and repairing and replacing, or, or think about all the time that we spend working just to make the money Mm -hmm. so that we can go buy all the stuff that we need to bring home and clean and manage and maintain. That's one aspect of it. You think about um, all the time and energy that we put into accumulating more stuff, all the time we spend shopping or researching or just wishing Mm -hmm. away the life that we had, wishing that we had something else, we could buy something more. Right. I, uh, everything we own takes up a little bit of mental space in our brain. We picture our things taking up physical space, but not always the mental space that they take up as well. Clutter does have an effect and it does become clutter. It does have an effect on you. It stresses you out, right? 
the second your yeah. room's clean, the second you've you've tossed, you know, a lot of stuff, you do feel better. I have noticed that, right? You do feel good. And over Christmas break, we did a lot of that, and um, it felt it, it felt awesome, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Everything yeah. everything feels better. Yeah. going to bed. Feels I know. Better. Yeah, waking up you're in right. the morning, getting right. ready in the morning, cooking, sitting okay. in the living room in the evening. Everything feels better when there's less clutter stuff around and of okay. course the best way to have less clutter is to own less stuff no that's true yeah. uncle milty a bad day fishing is better than a good day working <laughs> <laughs> thank you okay um what's your definition of minimalism yeah that's a great question because i think when a lot of people hear the word minimalism they think hey i it's just about owning the least amount of things Mm -hmm. as possible and certainly there's an aspect of minimalism that means owning less on purpose Mm -hmm. but i define minimalism much bigger to me minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things i most value in life by removing anything that distracts me from it Yep. And so what are my most important pursuits and passions and values? Mm-hmm. And how can I live my life focused on more of those things mm-hmm. by removing anything and everything that distracts me from those uh, passions, pursuits and values? And so this way, okay. it becomes more than physical possessions. The goal doesn't become owning less. The goal becomes yeah. living a life focused on things that matter. OK, but what about all those things with memories? That's my hard thing. That's my hard thing, because I think if I get rid of it, I'll never get it back. And those memories are something in my life that means something to me. And those things represent it. What would you say to that? What do you say to that? How sure. did you well, get rid first of that? I would say, well, first I would say you don't have to uh, begin owning less by getting rid of the most difficult thing <laughs> that you would ever have to get rid of. So Good answer. Uh, there's probably different conversation even True. before that. True. Uh, but but I would say this, the, mm-hmm. the memory isn't in the Right. The object, right? right? The, the memories in you, the memories in your mind and, and is your, in your brain. And so you'll always carry the memory with you. As a matter of fact, studies will tell you that if you take a picture of an item, uh, it becomes that much easier to get rid of it. Well, there you go. Okay. And it doesn't look the same for everybody, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good, good point. Yeah. It'll always look different. I mean, a, a, a single guy in his 20s is uh-huh. going to own different things than a, a family of four or mm-hmm. a homeschooling family of six. Sure. I, I like to think a dentist is going to own different things than a writer or an artist or a radio show host. And right, so, right. That's um, true. Someone who lives in the country compares to someone who lives in the city. It's always going to look different from one person to another. And it's even going to look different based on hobbies and values and uh, passions and pursuits. That is so true. So what about like Steve Jobs wore the same outfit every day? I mean, are are we going that minimalist where you just go down to either the same outfit, five outfits, 10 outfits? What does that look like? Well, that's what I do. Is it Um, it really? I haven't I haven't I quite it. started as large of a company as Steve Jobs has. But, uh-huh. um, uh, so what does it what? do a for good... you? What does it do for you? We're in well, the same it, thing. It does a lot of things. It makes uh, getting ready a ton easier in amen. the morning. It's one less thing. <laughs> What's that? Okay, he said amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One one less thing to think about, this whole idea of mm-hmm. decision fatigue and the more decisions we have to make in a day, the, the less wise we get by the end of the day. And so it's one less decision. It saves me uh, money. I don't have to go chase the new trends yeah. and the new fashions. It's, Do you ever get tired uh, of it? Said, oh, go ahead. What's go that? Ahead. No, go ahead. Someone once said what? 
someone once said the quickest way to become iconic is to wear the same thing every day. Yeah. And I, I love it. No, I, that's great. That's if, great. But if do you, you become known for wearing the same thing? Then um, yeah. that's who you are and everybody expects it. And it's yeah. Kind of do you get tired of it, though? I think I would get tired of wearing the same thing every day. Not not if no? you imagine sta- the guy standing in front of his closet and say, which pair of Levi's am I going to wear today? <laughs> <laughs> Which is really what's kind of going on. Yeah. It? I mean, unless you have a work clothes, but you're basically funneling those same work clothes. So I guess I guess that's true. I can I can see that. I, uh, I once mm-hmm. had a mathematician. I, I do this experiment where mm-hmm. I challenge people to wear just 33 articles of clothing. Okay. And uh, I had a mathematician do all the combinations of mm-hmm. 33 articles of clothing and he came up with 10,876 different outfits Are you serious? that you could that you could wear uh, just owning 33 different what? articles of clothing. That only so, works for the colorblind. That only <laughs> <laughs> works for the colorblind. I love it. I love this though because um if this has made your life happy and this is something that has made a difference in your life I'm glad you're sharing this because this became huge you have like millions of followers you are I mean you're impacting a lot of lives and what are you hearing from people I'm sure that they're just changed over this yes uh, yeah, I just read an, an email uh, from a, a wonderful young, uh, a wonderful older lady who uh-huh. was uh, so thankful that she had um, found my work and had minimized her possessions and how it's freed her up uh, to I spend more time uh, with her grandchildren mm-hmm. uh, because her daughter um, is going down a road that has been very difficult. And so oh. um, she had uncluttered her life years ago and she literally just wrote and said thank you because i'm in a much better position to be able to uh, care for my grandchild yeah uh, right now in um in this time of need and so um, yes like that. lots of um, okay. lots of life change happens when we when we yeah. own less. we're gonna come back with joshua but yeah Uncle Milty? No, I was just looking at your website, and I see a lot of people writing in. My wife has this problem. Mm-hmm. She wants to give something away, and nobody wants it, like uh-huh. a chi- china. Because she wants somebody else to treasure it instead of no, getting rid of it. No, they just won't even take it. We're going gonna... <laughs> to come right back on The Kate Daly Show. More with Joshua Becker, becomingminimalist.com. Be right back. Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. 
So glad that you're listening in today because uh, Joshua Becker is going to take your calls in the next break. Um, and in this break, I have a couple of questions for him. And I just, I, I love this idea because I really did feel great after we spent a lot of our Christmas vacation just sorting through things and getting rid of things. And it did feel amazing. It really did. So I'm actually, this is really a fun conversation to have. And I really like this concept. Um, so welcome back, uh, Joshua. So glad to have you with us. And um, let's let's talk about the fact, okay, did you and your wife both get on board for this, getting rid of a lot of stuff? Yes and no. Okay. I'd, I'd like to answer. Uh, yes, we were we were both on board with the idea of decluttering and owning less, but how that was going to play itself out yeah. uh, looked a little bit different. If I wanted to get rid of 80% of our stuff, she wanted to get rid of half of our stuff. So <laughs> the first little bit, it worked pretty well. Uh-huh. And then we started to have to find compromise about what to keep and what to get rid of. Okay. And uh, by the way, we were listening to George Carlin's clip on the way in, and you've got this stuff with a roof over it. And sometimes when you get to the point where you actually see it like that, when you realize that you're busting at the seams with stuff, why do you have all this stuff? Why do you have 5,000 blankets? Or why do you have 5,000 light bulbs or whatever. But then there's also the prepping thing too, which I'm a fan of. And, um, and I think that everyone should be able to have ample things. So how do you remedy that? How do you have enough things if things go crazy or trying to be a minimalist? How do you? Yeah, I think if uh, George Carlin did the bit today, we, we have we have two roofs over our stuff. I think 11% of Americans rent offsite storage. So yes, that's, that's, that's how much true. stuff we have, uh, we yeah. have today. Yes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to look different from one person to another. It's mm-hmm. going to look different based on like what you're prepping yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think there's a, an element of, um, do I have the emotional and mental fortitude to mm-hmm. physically protect my stuff if I need to and, right, and what right. that looks like. And so there's a lot of different aspects. Certainly I think it's going to look different from one person to another as to how they, how yeah. they uh, attack that. But I always say like, know what you're prepping for and how long you would need stuff for. And otherwise it's just indefinite amount of time. You're never going to have enough stuff, yeah, but have an idea so of what you're collecting for. All right, Uncle Milty. You know, for, and for those people that are having mm-hmm. trouble decluttering, mm-hmm. uh, those abandoned storage facilities are a great place to pick up more junk. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you are not helpful today. Um, and, uh, and then what did you start getting rid Did you get rid of furniture? What did you start getting rid of, Joshua? Like... When you when you start embarked on this, yes, uh, everything. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we got rid of furniture. I, I usually break our decluttering efforts into into three time frames. It took us so we're a family of four. It mm-hmm. took us three months to get through our lived in areas of the home, oh. living room and bedroom and kitchen. Took us nine months. Uh, if you want to count in the shed in the back and the garage and the basement. And so I always encourage people to start in the areas that you live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three months, nine months. We moved into a smaller house three years later. And mm-hmm. so that's probably when we uh, right. finally finished getting rid of things is when that kind of, that move kind of forced us to get rid of even more. Oh, my gosh. But, and uh, yeah, furniture, blankets, yeah. clothes, cookware. Um, wow. Toys, just down, to, just down to exactly what you cook with. Uh, Try yeah. to. I, right. I found a uh, article called a, a No Frills Kitchen Still Cooks. And uh, this chef Good. listed out the only 33 uh, tools that you need in your kitchen to uh-huh. cook anything. 
Uh, Mark really? Bittman, a no-frills kitchen still cooks. It's great. List no out way. the exact things that you need to own. So that's okay. what we used and okay. uh, for the most part. Well, you know, cool. I, I have more questions like that for you. Um, we'll talk about Elon, too, um, right when we come back. And, I, you know, I have mixed re- The audience knows I have very mixed reviews on Elon, but he came out as a minimalist, so it's kind of interesting. We'll be right back, though, with Joshua Becker, becomingminimalist.com. Be right back. John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to jbs.org and join us in restoring this great nation. The Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com, hitting over 25 million on SoundCloud. That's because of all you. So I really appreciate all of you sharing the show. Go to KateDalyRadio.com and scroll down, and you'll see the SoundCloud episodes. This one will be here, be there tonight, uh, where you can share this. And also make sure and text Birch Gold 989898. Text my name, Kate, and it's free to do this to get your IRAs and your retirement backed by gold. You can also buy gold and silver, but I'm telling you, you can you can back everything up for free. Just get the information. It's free. They're a great company. Fantastic. And who I trust. And, you know, I don't say that lightly. Uh, Birch Gold. So text 989898 and text my name, Kate. So the phone number is 989898. OK, you'll love you'll love talking to them. Um, all right, Joshua Becker, becoming minimal, becoming minimalist.com. I can talk today. Um, I want to talk to you about Elon. Then I want to talk about how much money you have saved. Okay. All right. So tell me, tell me about Elon. No, Elon came out as a a minimalist. Is he? Uh, um, Elon says a lot of things. (laughs) I don't think he did it for the sake of saving money. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. Yeah. No, you know what? Uh, 2020, 2021, I forget where it was, uh-huh. came out. Right. Said that he wanted to sell all of his houses. And mm-hmm. I think he sold seven houses and mm-hmm. moved into a little tiny home in Texas. And yeah. uh, I think his motivation, if I read the biography correctly, um, one, I think he has a, a child who was pretty 
anti-capitalist and anti-wealth. Mm. And so I think that always kind of rubbed in the wrong way. But number two, just to clear mm-hmm. distractions mm-hmm. Uh, so he could focus on his work, um, yep. which I which I tend to love. And that tends right. to be my uh, strand of minimalism as well. Do you see a lot of people thinking that that's what it's associated with is anti-capitalism? Because I'm I'm so pro-capitalism, right? Um, but I, I do understand the need to get rid of things. I understand that the clutter in our life keeps it keeps us down. So do you think most yeah. people associate it with that? Uh, I think some people do mm-hmm. who really want to. I, I think people who are looking for an argument uh, right. sometimes make comments about you'll own nothing and be happy. Sure. and. I, I like to I like to try to say, hey, me purposefully owning just what I need to own is very different than the government forcing me to right, get right. rid of the very things that I don't need. And, and I'm also uh, not. Uh, there's another misconception about minimalism that that this is about being lazy, that this is about mm-hmm. checking out of life, that mm-hmm. I sell everything so I can go lay on a beach for the rest of my life. And yep. For me, it's the exact opposite of that. For me, it's I want to own less so that I can uh, be more ambitious and more focused, but just focused on things that actually matter with the one life that I have to live. Okay, well, I can certainly see that. Um, And so what do your holidays look like? Because a lot of people store holiday stuff. I mean... What do you do about the holidays? Because that's that's a lot of storables in your garage is holiday. Yeah, well, it can be. It yeah. can be. Depends how many you <laughs> depends how many you keep. How much you um, love Christmas? So I don't we, know. Yeah. We we found uh, we found minimalism in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, as we said, it took about nine months. A part of that was going through our Christmas because we had the December and uh-huh. pretty typical family we had, and so we decorated as we normally do that mm-hmm. first Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then when we took everything down, we condensed everything. We kept just the most meaningful. We kept our fake tree, mm-hmm. even though we lived in Vermont, which they right. hated us for. Right. And uh, we kept one box of decorations. But we kept the most meaningful, mm-hmm. the most significant, the one that like really elevated the meaning of the holiday mm-hmm. as opposed to just the okay. matching coffee okay. mugs okay. because they were on sale. So do the kids get rid of toys when they're adding toys? What do you do about that? Yeah, well, they're 21 and 17 now, so, <laughs> so uh, a few fewer of the toys. Yeah, um, yeah, you know what? Uh, so we decluttered, got rid of the toys uh-huh. that they didn't need. Christmas comes, holiday mm-hmm. comes, and one of the benefits of owning less is that there was room to add. Like once you declutter, mm-hmm. it's not like you're adding Christmas gifts on top of a room full of toys that they don't use already. Right. Uh, you have a, a, a pretty mm. set area, okay. and so the new toys come in, and we would give it a couple months and find out which ones they use and which ones they don't use. And if any of the new toys became favorites or they just got tossed to the side and usually made decisions a couple of months afterwards. So you're constantly kind of chucking and getting rid of stuff. Yeah, I think there's like there's a process of uh, decluttering at the beginning and Mm -hmm. getting to a good point and then like maintaining that like things continue to collect in your home, especially when you have kids and when you live a life. And so uh, the problem is when things enter into your home and you never have any system of getting things out of your home as they come in. That's fair. Okay. And so how much money can you save doing this? Uh, I did the math and I came up with $25,630 a year uh, that you would say by becoming minimalist. There was a a study that I based it on uh, back in 2018 that said the average American spends $1,500 a month on non-essentials. Uh, so that's $18,000 a year. Uh, I added in some 
um, you know, if you were to live in a smaller home, mm-hmm. uh, what mm-hmm. that would save you, uh, utilities and right. repairs and less clothes and uh, just factored in a lot of different other factors and $25,000 uh, a year. And I would I would say that we've we've probably saved that much. Wow. So in order, because everybody's really struggling right now with prices going up and things happening beyond their control and they're trying to make it on the same paycheck that they had before and yeah, it's not working. So this is one way to capture some of that back, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and just to be clear, like that money can be used whatever you need it to be. Right. Like if you're in debt, then that can help you get out of debt. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, that cushion can help you finally get ahead of living paycheck to paycheck. If you're fine financially, mm-hmm. just stop buying things that you don't need and you can use more money to give away to support causes that you believe in right. problems that you want to solve in the world become more generous a person and so like more money means different things to different people depending where they are on the financial scale for sure do you find that most most i would say a lot of guys probably want to do this probably a lot more than the gals do i'm not sure yeah um it's uh i i, th- I think 50 50 okay I, I, okay uh, i don't want to over generalize but uh, the ladies, ladies who tend to take care of the home a mm-hmm, lot tend mm-hmm. to be more drawn to the idea of, hey, I need to own less and they can see the the payback right away of what mm-hmm. it would mean to uh, have less uh, housework to do around the yeah. house. Okay. The men, um, their expenses tend to be a little bigger, I think, okay. like they've got all the tools and yeah. they've got all the hiking gear and the yeah. hobby stuff and the right. car things. And so they... They tend to spend just as much money collecting stuff that they that they don't need. It's just, okay. I, I think, tends to be a yeah. little bit larger stuff than the person who's caring for the home. So the money is a huge benefit, obviously. And I know people are trying to cut back, but maybe this might be the way you want to do it. But really, it, it probably frees the mind the most. Yes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Less stress. Randy Okern says every increased possession adds increased anxiety onto our lives. So there's more money. There's less stress. Uh, there's um, mm-hmm. more space in your home. There's mm-hmm. more intentionality in your life. I think minimalism brings about contentment and generosity and gratitude. Mm-hmm. We can we, we compare ourselves less with other people, at yeah. least in terms of physical possessions. Mm-hmm. I think life becomes much more enjoyable when I can appreciate that I have enough as opposed to constantly thinking that I need more money, I need a bigger house, mm-hmm. I need a nicer car, I need trendier fashion and the latest right. technology. Uh, I think we miss out on a lot of joys in life mm-hmm. uh, when we're constantly wishing we had things that we don't have. Oh, interesting. Mm. So becomingminimalist.com, there are steps to take to help you kind of purge through your stuff, right? Because there really is a kind of a way to do it, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Certainly. I have a a couple of different books. Uh, The Minimalist Home, uh, A Room-by-Room Guide to a Decluttered, Refocused Life is the best Mm -hmm. uh, step-by-step guide as to how to own less. Um, Another book called The More of Less is more the explanation why minimalism and why you'll enjoy owning less. And then uh, The Minimalist Home is kind of the how, how to, how to make this work in your home and in your unique family. I like that. I mean, I, we called it spring cleaning for a long time, but really it is um, decluttering, de-junking and uh, freeing yourself up. You'll, it's, it's amazing how good you'll feel walking around your house when things are in order, they have a place. And then also you're getting rid of a lot of stuff because we all have a lot of extra stuff hanging around. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you. It has been my pleasure. Thank you. And of course, we'll be right back on the show. 
And um, we'll take your calls when we come back. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Just stay with us. Hey, America. How tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed, put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, the New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com slash radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25. This is the Kate Daly Show. I'm so glad Joshua came on because I had always associated minimalists with like the hippie lefty. Why is that? Why did I used to associate it with that? Well, because they're poor and have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, so I used to associate it like that. And when um, at Christmas break, when I was kind of cleaning and going through stuff and it felt really good. I mean, you do, you want to walk around your house because you're feeling like, oh my gosh, it feels a little freer. And I, and I, so I actually was excited to have him on because it has nothing to do with capitalism. It really doesn't. What he's talking about is saying, is your stuff, is your stuff creating more stress in your life? And you could be saving a lot of money too, by not indulging yourself with with stuff. Yeah. To me, uh-huh. it's about wasteful. Mm. having too much stuff that you don't yeah. use, don't care right. about right. is wasteful. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a sentimental person. So it's really hard for me to let things go like that. That's a tough one. But I, but I, you know, the whole, he made a point about Klaus Schwab, you'll own nothing and be happy, but that's because the government's forcing it. If you're doing it and you're getting rid of a lot of your stuff, you can choose the way you want to live. And you're choosing to say, I'm just going to live with less stuff. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of everything. Like he said, there's so many different ways to do it. Sure. You can still have a lot of stuff, but it's just condensed. I, I actually heard a lecture once and the lecture, this was 20 years ago. And the guy goes, you all have money in your mail. All the mail you don't open somewhere in your mail. He goes in, in your delivered mail from the post office. You have money in there somewhere, a check from some company, some funds that you forgot. About. He, I promise you, you have money in there. And I never forgot that because it's the truth. He said 95% of the people out there have money sitting in mail at home that hmm. they don't open. Isn't that interesting? That and is. he said, if you go through your stuff and you actually just go through everything, you'll find it. And I thought that was kind of uh, clever. I was like, yeah, that's I hadn't thought about it. But. One of the things that Joshua said that really struck home with me was when he said, if you take a picture of something, then it's easier to get rid of it. Yeah. But for me, mm-hmm. all of my sentiments about people in mm-hmm. my life who are no longer there mm-hmm. 
are already pictured in my head. Right, right. And so things that they owned and yeah. that that stuff has never done much for me anyway. Because when I think of people, it's mm-hmm. it's what I remember in my head about them. You know what? That brings up a good point because all of our kids today are taking pictures of their grandkids every day because they can because they have a camera. We used to have 32 pictures in a roll. Right. <laughs> so you had to plan out your pics and you didn't get to see them, right? It, but I, I have... All these childhood memories with no pictures. And I almost think it's better that way in some way, right? You we, don't have yeah. to have the pictures. We've never been a picture family. Yeah. We don't. My wife just got back from a three-day trip to mm-hmm. relatives and didn't take one picture while she was gone. Not See, one. I think it'd almost be freeing to go on a vacation and not take a selfie in front of said monument and, and just not do it because we're doing it too much, right? Yeah, I I remember my parents Mm -hmm. actually coming back from a vacation and inviting friends over to watch the eight millimeter movies. (laughs) Boring them to tears. (laughs) Now we just do it on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) It's true, though. Nobody wants to see your vacation photos because it's just you standing in front of a gazillion monuments or whatever you're doing. But it's funny that we put it up, though, you know. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Kate, Mike. Hi, Mike. Go right ahead. Hey, you know, I totally embrace this concept, yeah? and that's really what it is. It's a concept. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's, and in a word, it's liberating. Okay, okay. let me kind of flip the script, and, right. and and I'm trying to sound, not try to sound convincing, because some it's not for everyone. Right. Okay, right. but think of it like this. You have a favorite shirt and mm-hmm. probably a pair of pants, right? Yeah, a pair right. of shoes, right? Right. Okay. okay. Probably one, probably more than one. Uh-huh. Okay. You got your number one favorite sure, and you got your sure. number two and three, yeah, right? Right. Sure. Think about it. If you just kind of culled all your stuff out of your wardrobe mm-hmm. where you're only wearing your favorite clothes every day, you hmm. probably have a little more pep in your step, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I guess so. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I guess but, I need to minimize. But you know, it, it, it really, this is kind of where I land on it. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, it's not anti-capitalism. Mm-mm. It's more like the stuff owns you. Yeah. It's, and this is just, again, this is for me. It, 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 it kind of lives in your head. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I got to, you know, and I, yeah. I, let me just, I'll, I'll finish with this. I don't mm-hmm. want to dominate the time. Every storage unit, it's, it's the best business to be in. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. they're all full. All of them <laughs> so are true. full. That is so true. And then eventually people just leave it. I mean, there's a lot of people who just leave their stuff. So I love I love the concept. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. I love it. You got it. it. That's great. Um, all right. So I, he's got a point. I mean, I, I've got to work on this because I'm not a person that would naturally be a minimalist. But I'm, you choose the life and you choose the clutter and you choose the stress. And it does create stress. And this is why they say make your bed in the morning. This is why they say clean your room every day because it does create less stress in your life. And Mm -hmm. I have found that to be very, very true. Um, I was cleaning my room before I came here. I just, it really does. You walk in and you're not stressed because if you walk into a room like that, you're immediately stressed out. And can you imagine your kids too, you know, Um, how much it would de-stress them. But the money you can save, I know a lot of people right now want help in saving money, right? And what, what they can do. I guess this is one way. I mean, it is one way to do it. We all do weird things. I still have Mm -hmm. clothes in my closet from when I was fat. (laughs) 
because just in, case. in case I ever get fat again, you know. You don't want to buy everything again? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we women, we have a lot of sizes with pregnancies and all kinds of stuff, right? And so there's lots of sizes in your closet. Right. But I just feel like you don't have to be a complete minimalist. You can just declutter. And I think that's a positive step, right? I, I'm trying to kind of focus on what can we do to live a better life right now? I know people are stressed out. I can feel it everywhere I go. I know you're stressed out about politics. I know that this country, I, I, I get the same feelings and I'm not going to stop prepping. So that's going to be something that I'm always going to do. The other parts of my life, um, you know, the, the rooms that I live in can certainly be decluttered. So would that relieve stress? I think, yes, it does. And I think we can answer that. I just, if we can help in any way, kind of take a break from politics here and there to sort of examine our lives. And if we can help in that way to be beneficial that way, I'm all in. Um, high caller, 30 seconds. Kate. Yeah. You can solve a lot of problems if you just look in the junk drawer. <laughs> I have There's all kinds of stuff drawers. in there. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I do. I have several of those. It's terrible. I've got to work on that. Um, but it isn't about... Um, being woke or anything like that. It's not about anti-capitalism. It's just about, are we, it does the stuff own you. And for a lot of people, their stuff owns them and they buy bigger houses to put more stuff in all the time. And that is a, that's a tough life. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. No, nope. we got it. We got to, you know, live our best life, right? Cause we're all trying to fight this fight for Liberty and we've got to be able to do it somehow. Yeah. Gotta be less stressed. All right, you guys, be faithful, be fearless. Be faithful, be fearless. Go to katedallyradio.com. So appreciate you listening today. Thanks, Uncle Milty. Uh-huh.